Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! <laughs> Welcome to the Mad Max Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we break down Mad Max one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we are talking about Minute 51, which begins with Max reassuring Jesse on the beach, and it ends with Max attempting to resign from the MFP. We ended last Friday with Max kind of wrapping up, talking about how there's no sense in Goose's death. Really, the only thing that's left for him to do is just give one final reassurance. You know, it'll be all right, you know, once he gets it all straightened out in his head. Yeah, I for a movie, that's what needs to happen. He needs to wrap up this scene. But in real life, he really should talk about it more. Yeah. Instead of kind of blowing it off. Because mm-hmm. there are things that he brings up in the next scene that he has between him and Fifi. I mean, I don't think we talk about it until... Until um, tomorrow or maybe the day after. I think it's tomorrow, tomorrow and then he goes into it more on Wednesday. Yes. But there are things about his job at the MFP that concern him. And these are concerns that he could bring up with Jesse, but I think that we don't see it mainly because we've, so far in this movie, seen him try and keep those worlds very separate. I think so, yeah. But on the Jesse side of things, I mean, she looks into his eyes, they hug and whatnot, and we see pretty much just Jesse's face. And I think the idea of losing Max to his job is always somewhere in the back of her mind. Yes, and I think that place in the back of her mind is is brought to the forefront by circumstances. Yeah, the fact that Max is so visibly shaken at Goose's death and her realization that, you know, it could be Max. Absolutely. The one who's burned up in a hospital right now. And I think the expression on her face is really what reveals that. And I can't help but think that there's a little twinge of that that has to do that he is so... Is secretive the word I'm looking for about what he does at at work? I don't think so. I don't think it's quite the right word it has negative connotations yeah and i don't think it's great the way he segregates life and work, work and yeah. home yeah i think there should be some crossover but to what degree is up to the individual yeah because on the one hand he didn't he doesn't want jesse to worry right you know but on the other hand i feel like we're getting into a situation and this is going to be coming up very soon mm-hmm. where if she had a bit more <laughs> prep if she if she had more context she could support him better yeah but also if she had more context to the type of people that he was dealing with she'd be better equipped i think when i think it's not next week it might be the week after oh when she when she runs into the Ah, kind of characters that max deals with on a daily basis i don't know i thought she handled them pretty well but we'll get to that yeah that's that's Way down the line. Yeah. We're not even close to there yet. And so we go from the beach to MFP headquarters, and we see Max going up a flight of stairs. As Max gets to the top of these stairs, he reaches a fairly recognizable, like, what do you landing. call it? Landing. Yeah. A very recognizable landing with, with a railing that we have seen before in this minute, uh, in this movie. Specifically, back in minute 18, when Fifi and Labatouche were talking, right after they introduced the Black on Black. Yes. That was 33 minutes ago movie time, but six weeks ago podcast time. <laughs> and How time flies. Oh my gosh. As, as that fact dawned on me as I was preparing for this minute, um, 
I kind of realized how insane this format is. <laughs> the fact that little over half an hour has turned into like three weeks of real world time. It's kind of mind boggling. <laughs> yes, especially, absolutely. Especially when that kind of feeling is brought on by, you know, Commissioner Labatouche. <laughs> Such a minor character. I have to wonder, because we made the joke about him falling down the stairs because of his kendo gear. Yeah. If when Max showed up to the MFP that day to, to go upstairs. Over the body. Yeah, just kind of stepped over him. <laughs> didn't even like, uh, didn't even stop to check on him. Just kind of stepped over him yep. on his way up. Because yeah. he's probably just been lying there for God knows how long. <laughs> yeah. And our guess is like weeks or months. Yeah. <laughs> this guy... Covered in kendo gear, crumbled yep. up on the floor. Anyway, yep. so Max gets to the top of the stairs, and we see an open through an open doorway, Captain Fifi just in his glory. Yes. He's got the standard leather pants. <laughs> standard leather pants, non-standard scarf, and uh, he's in there watering his plants and tending no to his bird and listening. Smoking a cigar. And listening to... Uh, I really don't know exactly what kind of piece that he's listening to i just called it marching band music right now you tried to find it oh i tried i i went so far as to fire up the ship i went so far as to fire up the shazam app on my phone and hold it up to my headphones that i was listening to it on and try and see if it would pick it up and then i realized how dumb that is because shazam wouldn't find marching band music it finds popular songs and so that just seemed like a really dumb idea. So I went back to traditional means of trying to look it up, and I could not find anything about it. Oh, that's too bad. It is too bad, because someone who has done marching band or knows something about those pieces... Somebody out there knows exactly what this piece of music is. Exactly. Like, be able to pick it up like that. Yes. <laughs> so I was not in the marching band, so I don't have a knowledge of pieces and things like that, unfortunately. But... The fact that he's in there like that, it, it's definitely on brand for his character. Like, when you think about Captain Fifi McAfee, like, you imagine a guy who listens to marching band music because he's all about heroes and bringing honor back to the position. And so, of course, he would hang around listening to bombastic, some would say patriotic style mm -hmm. music. It, it really does fit. And it, I like what it does for this scene mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Now, I remember back when we first got introduced to Max and Jesse's apartment, we talked about an overabundance of plants. Mm -hmm. But this scene here, it kind of looks like they got their set direction shipments mixed up with, like, the poison ivy scenes from Batman. <laughs> like, there's a lot of plants. And he's got his little watering jug. Do you wonder, maybe, if they're the same plants? <laughs> if set design used... Had five plants. Yep. And they moved them from one set to another. You know, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't do that. That yeah. seems exactly... I mean, okay, they're passing shotguns around. Exactly. Why not Why plants? not house plants? <laughs> so, a question that's brought up in this moment is, is this Fifi's home? It would not surprise me if he actually had, like, a living like suite. Like an apartment. At headquarters. Like, on the one hand, he is the captain. So having him always around would be useful in yeah. a way. And he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that has a house out on the beach like Max does. You don't think he has a family? 
I kind of think he's married to the job. That's kind of the... Do you think any of them have families? I am willing to bet that Roop probably has a roommate. Charlie probably <laughs> lives with his mother. Um, Goose Ouch. probably had an apartment, but slept in the bed of whatever woman he connected with that evening. Um, so you don't think any of them had a family? The only one that really strikes me as Wife the family guy would be Max. I mean, Sars and Scuttle would probably... Probably, because they seem like have normal human beings. But Charlie just seems too immature. Roop seems... Just like a lump. I wouldn't be surprised if Roop had a wife. Yeah. Yeah, because even lumps get married. That's true. That's true. I would know. No. You're not a lump. But yeah. It, so you think that's his home? It makes sense in the context of the movie just because there are so many plants and the fact that he has like a live pet there. It doesn't seem like Fifi would have all of that and leave it there at the office over the long weekend. It also doesn't seem much like an office space. No. You know? And the fact that he is so comfortable there that he just hangs out without a shirt on. And I thought about him not wearing a shirt, and it made me think of the scene where Goose shows up to work without a shirt on, and they go down into the garage. Um, So, I mean, there is a level of, you know... Not so much they dress up for casual Friday, but it's like, if they wear the uniform, that's good. But if they don't, you know, at least wear your uniform when you leave headquarters. I guess so. Okay. I I don't I don't love the idea that he has an apartment there at headquarters, but it but you've made a compelling argument. So yeah. I think I need to just go with it. That's it. In the long run, it doesn't really matter to the plot, but at the same nah. time, it would it does add or subtract to his character. I just think that, like I said, he's married to the job. And so the fact that he would stay there Mm 24-7, it makes sense to me. Okay. Um, Plus he just, like I said, he seems very comfortable in the space. Like he has made it his own. Mm -hmm. He has indeed. So Max knocks on the door. Fifi doesn't acknowledge him. He walks up to Fifi and he has this letter in his hand and he kind of swats at Fifi with it. Yeah, it says his name, I think, twice. Yeah. And, um, And we get nothing from Fifi. And... So eventually Fifi just turns, looks at Max, looks at the letter, and says, what's this? And I feel like that is such a rhetorical question. Yeah, he knew exactly what Max was coming there for. The fact that he was ignoring him for so long. Yes. He knew what was up. He was just, he's delaying the inevitable. And Max answers the question of what's this with, I'm through. Yeah. Like he wanted to hear Max say it. Yes. He didn't want to give him the easy way out. And it becomes clear that this isn't the first time for Max. Right, because Max says, I'm through. Fifi says, again. And Max is like, like, no, not again. I'm through. I'm quitting. And it makes me wonder. Yeah. Like, how many times he's tried to resign? What's the history here? Now, we know that, we already knew that he was questioning his career choice. Hence, the black on black. Right. That he's not driving. But I think... This interaction tells us a little bit more about Max's career history. Yeah. That maybe he's been a bit wishy-washy in the past. Mm-hmm. And that's why Fifi doesn't really seem too, too bothered at first. Because he's, whatever he's done in the past, talked him out of it in the past, has worked. So he can do it again. Yeah. Like Max has a lot of just skill. 
just built in. And so it makes sense that Fifi wouldn't want to lose that. Right. You, um, any manager is going to fight for their best worker. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, how long do you fight to keep someone before you just have to like, let them go? Because at the end of the day, Max and Fifi are both adults. And I feel starting in this minute and holding on for tomorrow and the day after, Fifi's not really treating Max like an adult. No. Um, He's pretty much talking down to him the entire time. Literally. Yeah. And that's going to become more <laughs> apparent as they start moving around. Yes. Um, one of the things that really stands out to me as Max is saying that he's through, he's quitting, is that Fifi... A, crumples up the letter in his hand without mm. even opening it. He doesn't I even do give him the satisfaction. I do not like that. I, I don't like that. It's disrespectful. Yeah. He crumples up the letter and then tells Max to sit down as if he's going to like sit there he's... and talk him out of it. Yeah. I and, mean, that's exactly his intention. And Max, I mean, he, he says straight up, it's like, no, he didn't come here to get talked out of it. This time it's serious. I and... wonder what the circumstances were of previous times, what the catalyst was. Yeah. We know what the catalyst is this time, but that's not something that happens every day. Right. This one is special. I'm willing to bet he probably tried to quit when Sprague was first born because he probably had a, hey, this job is dangerous realization. Yeah. Like those guys that lose their will to live and try and sell their motorcycles when their first child is born. It's like, come on, guy. It's not that dangerous. Keep your motorcycle. It's okay. I give you permission. Didn't your dad do that? No. Well, he went some time without a motorcycle. Yeah. When he had small kids and teenagers. And no, stuff, and no, no. Until he, he got it back. He had a he had a motorcycle all the way through. Really? When Dan and I were younger. Yeah. Oh. Like he only got rid of it like when times started getting tough. Oh. Like as long as long as he could afford it, he had a motorcycle. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he worked very hard to afford it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Where were we? But uh, other reasons that Max would have tried to quit the force, maybe just maybe like... Maybe when he got married. Yeah, so... Although he's not... I, I don't feel like he's old enough to have had years and years and years. It's not like he's been with the force for 10 years. Right. Not at this point. No. But, you know, it might also be for more innocuous things. It could just be that this is sort of a, a dance that they do every several months or something. Mm -hmm. Max gets a change of conscience or something like that and tries to resign. Yeah. So all this talk of Max leaving and finding a reason to stay makes me think about the gift of the black on black. Right. And I've made comments before about how, why isn't he driving the black on black? And I had an idea. Is that the way that the black on black was presented to him as like a covert build, he may not like... He may not have permission to drive it. I think that's exactly what it was. In fact, before you said it, that's kind of the, the direction I was going to go in. Yeah. Then what's the point? Yeah. If he's not going to drive it, then why did Fifi and Labatouche go through the trouble of providing it for him? Yeah. The whole idea of trying to seduce someone with candy is that they would then eat the candy. Right. And he's not eating candy. Right. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> like, eventually, when he does get to drive the black on black, he doesn't ask permission to take it. He just goes and takes it. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing just seems just a little off, as far as that's concerned. Yeah. So back to back to Fifi. He crumples up the letter, and he wants, he wants to talk it through with Max, again, to convince him to stay. Yep. Max doesn't even want to give him the chance. Right. And he walks away. I love this. Fifi calls, calls out, stop. And Max does. Yeah, so Fifi yells, now just wait a minute. Yes. And I know exactly what you're going into. Yes. So Max stops. 
and like half turns in the doorway. And it is just magical. He does the most epic of eye rolls. Yes. And his body language, it's so like angsty teenagery, you know, preparing to get yelled at by their parents. Yeah. And I find it interesting that he doesn't keep walking. And I suspect it's specifically because at the end of the day, Fifi is still someone that he respects. Yes. And we do, in the next minute and the following minute after that, we do very much get a sense that they have a great relationship. Right. Very friendly, very trusting. So, yeah, he stopped. He didn't want to, but he did anyways. Yeah. He knew... He knew what was coming. He knew that convincing was coming. And he had already turned his back on that convincing and decided not to turn his back on it a second time. So I think... Oh, um, so an interesting thing about Fifi calling out to Max is as he calls for Max to stop and wait, he takes that crumpled letter and he just kind of throws it aside and steps closer. And I feel like Fifi is starting to pick up on the idea that Max is specifically bothered by Goose's death. And so he launches into this thing. He says, all right, so the goose bought it. But that's the way he always came at the world. And Max, in a great call out, he puts his finger on it. He says, offbeat, which is essentially him saying, whoa, too soon. Because Goose's death, which is alluded to here, is still pretty fresh. Yes, I think it's still been within a couple of days. Yeah. And like we mentioned last week, like this is the sort of official confirmation that Goose is dead. Yes. The illusion here. It's not a formal declaration, you know, like an obituary page or a headstone or anything like that. It's Fifi saying, okay, the goose bought it. And he's very, you know, callous about it. He just kind of throws it out there. And for someone that has an assumed affection for the men in his command, mm-hmm. to speak so lightly of that situation, it's it's off base or off beat, as Max says. Yeah, I I get that too. And I... Maybe he's trying to trying to keep things light. Yeah. Which is impossible at a time like this. I mean, the man's best friend just died horrifically. Yeah. And was the catalyst for for this scene. But to do it in but to say it in that way, it's just uh it's it doesn't sit well with me. It's very pointed. Yes. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I mean, yeah, he's right. You know, the goose always came at things with you know, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of a, with sort of an unbridled enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. You know, he lived fast, he played hard, and, you know, you could look at someone like that and be like, oh, he's probably going to die young. And it's like, yeah, but you got to think about the circumstances of a live fast, play hard Right. Lifestyle. He didn't die because he lived fast, played hard. Right. He didn't... He died for something completely different. Yeah. Like, you could you Just could look at the goose's life. Revenge. And be like, okay, he's probably going to die, like, skidding off a cliff while chasing bandits or dying of a heart attack under a pile of women. You know, just something that is just the classic goose More type of More of, like, the way he would have wanted to go. Right. Not hanging upside down while a rookie gang member fights yeah. with his gang leader over a match. Yeah, like he watching went, yourself get set on fire. Yeah, like that's that's not how you would imagine someone like Jim Goose to go out. Not at all. And the fact that Fifi's like, oh, you know, that's just the way Goose It's like, no, 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 no. This was more specific. Mm-hmm. Like Goose was hunted down and murdered. 
Yes. He didn't die of an accident. It wasn't something related to his lifestyle. No, he was hunted down and killed. And so to be this cavalier about it, yeah, it's terribly offbeat. And I have some notes in in the next minute talking about the continuation of this on how he has, he tries several different tactics. Yeah. And this is the first one and it doesn't work. So he switches to the next one. He's, I think he's just willing to try anything. Mm -hmm. He tries all sorts of stuff, appealing to all different sides of Max. And this is just where he started. Yeah, it's interesting that... it was definitely a misstep, but a lot of the tactics that he uses are missteps. Yeah, the first tactic he pulls out is trying to downplay Goose's death. Yes. Which, yeah, just... Not the right one. Doesn't sound like it would work anyway. No, I can't imagine a circumstance where it would work. But he gives up on it pretty quick. But yeah, the tactic of trying to downplay Goose's death just, it doesn't make any sense to me. And it's like, after Max calls him out on it, he almost like doubles down on it by saying it kind of a different way. He says, Max, you'd be the first to admit it was long overdue. And it's like, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, it's just so calloused. Yeah, it really is. And I'm glad he doesn't stick with it. Yeah. And so. He moves on pretty quick. Yeah, very quick. Which we'll get to tomorrow. Yeah, speaking of quick, it's a quick episode today. Our website is madmaxminute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at madmaxminute and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash madmaxminute. Thank you for joining us for Mad Max Minute number 51. We'll see you tomorrow. Motorbikes and men. Take me to the end of-